If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Peter. I uh, apologize, I, I left my iPad at home, so this TV doesn't actually work. Some of you may recognize these. Some of the, these are actually knobs that you used to have to turn to change channels. Anybody remember that? Yeah? I remember, you know, I was the remote control. Like, they'll go turn the channel to the, no, I don't want that one, turn it. You know, my parents would make me change the channel. Um, so yeah, so sorry, it's kind of entertaining probably for some of you. Um, I can't see it, but I promise you nothing's gonna come on there, so. Um, so today, we're gonna begin a series uh, in Second Peter. Uh, for those of you, you know, who maybe are new to, to the Word of God, you know, Second Peter is way in the back, just a small, if you're flipping through, you might go past it. And uh, we're gonna spend about four weeks, I believe, in this book of the Bible. There's so much here, there's so much happening, and you know, I think it's something that is, is really important for us to dial in on. And the series title is called uh, a Grow in Grace, right? How many could use some more grace in their world? Amen? It's, it's really something that is just hard to find. It's hard to see sometimes in, uh, in our world. You know, I remember, uh, if you've heard of Francis Chan, I heard of this, uh, this what he did with his kids from time to time. And you know, basically what he would do is they would do something, they were supposed to have done something and didn't do it, right? And ultimately there should have been punishment. And he would take his son or daughter and they would get in the car, you know, great start to the story, right? Like we're gonna go out to the woods and whatever. <laughs> uh, but he would take them instead to like uh, an ice cream shop or something and let them get the biggest Sunday, whatever they wanted. And he would sit down, and they would kind of be confused, as probably the way you're looking at me now. That's probably how they were looking at him. And he would sit there, and he would say, listen, this is what you did, and what should happen is this. Be grounded or whatever, you know, whatever the punishment should be. But he's, he said, instead, I'm going to give you this Sunday. Why? Because that's the picture of what grace looks like. It's, it's us not receiving what we have earned. Notice I said earned, not deserved, though deserving and earning maybe. We, we deserve, we've earned punishment through our sin. You understand? And God extends his grace to us on a regular basis. And if you're like me, I mean, I, I probably use it more than most uh, because I need it more than most. And, you know, we make mistakes. We, we mess up, don't we? Anybody else make mistakes in here? And how many people are thankful for God's grace? His grace, his mercy and his grace, you know, they're there. They're, they're new every morning, amen? So it doesn't mean we go out and have this, you know, free reign, like, hey, I can just go do whatever I want in God's grace and mercy, but when we make mistakes, when we mess up, God's grace is there. And so, again, this, this growing grace, this series, so grace is that, that's, that's one term, but this word grow, and if you think of grow and I think of grow, a lot of times maybe our minds go to maybe a, a, a plant or a tree, you know, that's always fascinating to me. You know, whenever we plant our garden and things, and you know, you plant these little things, and then throughout the the year, they they come up and they grow. But you know, for many of us, we see all around us. You probably see behind me. We see trees, and you know, the first part of of trees, typically for most trees, <clears throat> is they grow a primary root called a tap root. Right? Anybody heard of this? I don't know about you. If you've ever had to pull out shrubs, bushes, things like that, and you think you got it. You're like, oh, just these, and you go to pull that thing, and it's just like, it is not coming out, right? And this taproot is, is incredible. It, it emerges 
um, from a germinated seed, and it continues to grow as the tree matures, all right? Some of the trees, uh, some of the trees, they have the ability to grow very deep, these tap roots, and, and go, very, go down very low to the deeper water table, and they can withstand drought conditions. So you see when you know, the weather here on the surface isn't going so well, these trees can survive because of the depth of that tap root is so deep, and it's getting the nutrients it needs. Listen to this. The most deep-seated taproot ever recorded was found on a wild fig tree in South Africa, and it measured almost 400 feet deep. And what's incredible, too, and if you've ever seen this or studied this, I mean, roots, can they can even go through solid rock. Isn't that crazy? Like, you think of what a root and how flexible, but, but it actually has that power, and it, it goes through. It doesn't go around it. It goes through it. And so, you know, for us, as we have this kind of imagery in our mind, you know, for the body of Christ, the church, we must be diligent and, and we must recognize what's happening in the world around us and what's the importance of us going deeper, deeper into the word of God, deeper into our understanding, because the reality is, is more and more, I don't say more, I think it's just easier, easy, more easily accessible is, is our false teachers, are, are, are places that fly the flag of being a church. They fly something above, or they have a sign above them that says pastor or something like that. And they, they're really good at what they do. They're really good at what they say. And, they, and the package looks like that of, of a genuine person who loves the Lord, who, who, who knows the word. But more and more, again, because of our accessibility, Right? Any of you, if, you, if you want to hear a sermon, you can go on YouTube, you can go on the internet, you can find anybody anywhere in the world that you want, and you can listen, and you can keep searching until you hear exactly what you want to hear. Somebody say amen to that. Because, and that's, that's dangerous though, right? It's kind of like our, a lot of our social media, you know, we, we, we delete the ones that people that we don't, that disagree with us, right? And we just kind of have this, create this bubble world and it can even carry, and it even carries over, like I'm saying, into where we are, are kind of fed, if you will, spiritually, and who we're fed by. And so more and more, it's becoming vital for us to understand what is true, what is real, to be able to recognize false teachers and doctrines when they surface. And by learning to recognize these, you know, we are able to identify those, again, who teach the truth, and by living into that, that truth, they can grow. We can grow in the grace of God and in Christian virtue. Grace, virtue. These terms, we just don't hear a lot today, do we? And so, you know, that is my hope. The Second Peter, again, it's, it's a, an amazing book of the Bible. It is packed full of, full of uh, great things. And so we're going to dive into that today. I'd encourage you when you get a chance to, to read through it a few times over the next uh, few weeks and just glean from uh, the truth that it has. So um, just to kind of give a little bit of backdrop for the, the book of 2 Peter, it's really, uh, it comes down to, it's a farewell letter from the Apostle Peter, right? And, and you know, sometimes we get this, this benefit to understand because not, every, not all of us get that chance to know when our days are numbered, so to speak, right? We don't know when our last day but for many of the early Christians, it was evident for them. When you read the writings of, the, of Paul, when you read here from 2 Peter, he knows his death is, is on the horizon, both because of well, who he's being um, detained by, but also Jesus had laid it out for him, if you recall. Remember, he said, he's gonna, you're going to die this way. <laughs> so 
again, this is that farewell letter, and I, I think it's, it goes without saying that anybody who has the privilege and opportunity to pen something before they die, just before they die, I think it's important and it's always good for us to take note because what they're sharing and what they choose to write is probably of very, very utmost importance. And even in this day, even in, 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 in the, the climate that Peter was in, <clears throat> he's seeking to combat the teaching of the unethical behavior and the, even the denial of the return of Christ and the final judgment, okay? Because that's still lingering, that's still happening. And so Peter's speaking into that, and so again, it's very applicable for us today. The date of its writing, uh, it, it's uncertain, but it's generally, genuinely, sorry, generally accepted across Christian traditions that Peter was martyred under the Roman Emperor Nero. Anybody heard of Nero? <laughs> yeah. And Nero died in, in AD 68, and so... Um, he, with Peter referencing his imminent death in the first chapter, most likely it's probably around 67 AD that this book was written. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna do a little, I just wanna see. If you look at verse one, how does it refer to Peter there? What's, what is it, what's his first name? Is it Simon? Look at the spelling of it. Anybody ever noticed that before? Good. Well, I've got your attention. Because it's very interesting, right? Because we know him as Simon Peter. And if you go back into Acts and, and, and where Peter's mentioned, you see Simon Peter. And so, you know, that's important because it is Simon the, the apostle. But in the Greek here, we read Simeon. And again, they, they say that, that this was the literal translation of the Hebrew name meaning hearing, and it's, it's a name that's linked to Samuel. And uh, the, the commentary I was reading, he went on to say, he said that given that most people would have used the name Simon, the mention of Simeon is another indication that Peter himself was the author, um, but it, it was also the original Palestinian, his Palestinian name. And so he, it's, it's kind of giving us a glimpse of maybe the audience that he was writing to at that time. You know, the greeting indicates here uh, who wrote the letter, his Peter and his role, but it briefly identifies the people who received the letter in their position as members of the Christian church. Okay, so it says, to those who have obtained a faith. So specifically, it seems that Peter was writing to a church that was mainly Gentile believers. Are you, most of us here are probably Gentiles, are Gentiles, just so you know, all right? So that's kind of some of the background. And you know, the, the big idea, idea here is that Christians, as Christians, you know, we need to be growing in faithfulness through the virtues that, virtues that are found in the scriptures. Because if we, if we leave ourselves to the world, if we leave ourselves just to you know, be fed whatever's online, whatever we find, and again, there's good biblical teachers out there, but we need to be going to the word of God ourselves because that is what is gonna help us to grow in our faithfulness, amen? <clears throat> so, let's get into it. Second Peter chapter one. My clock is hidden on my computer, so I, I wish you all the best. Um, Second Peter chapter one. So, again, Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life 
and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you once again, Lord, for today. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. God, I pray that you would anoint me as your vessel. God, that you would speak to us today through your word and that it would land on good soil in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, he starts out here with this statement of faith of equal standing as ours. Now, If you recall, if you if you if you studied, you know when uh, when the Gentile Christians first came into the picture, there was always great debate, and even in this time, there was still a great debate in the early church of whether Gentile Christians had the same status in the covenant community as the Jewish Christians. Right? Peter was oftentimes in the middle of these debates. If you remember, Peter was the one that went to Cornelius. Remember, and Peter shows up there. And he sees them, the the Holy Spirit shows up the same way he showed up for the Jews. And so remember, he goes back and he makes this case that, hey, the Gentiles are are getting it too. And so, but there was a continuing, um, this debate and this, you know, kind of infighting, if you will. And that's why he says this, you know, a, a faith of equal standing with ours. I'm so thankful that we today have a faith of equal standing as anyone else that has come before us. It's the same faith that you're given. You know, some of us come from maybe really wonderful backgrounds, others not so great backgrounds. But the beauty is we have the same faith. We've been given that gift of of the same faith and being of equal standing. And he goes on in this this, uh, passage here in verse two. And he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You see, grace and peace, those are both covenant terms, aren't they? Those are both terms we see, and it's, it's connected to the covenant we have with God through Christ Jesus. And so when we, we see these words, again, always slow down. Always ask why. And if something stands out to you, if something jumps out to you, stop to understand why it's there. Because, I mean, it sounds really pretty, doesn't it? Just grace and peace be multiplied to you. Why is he saying that? Because the church needed grace and peace to be multiplied to it. (laughs) They needed that. And so he's writing this. And remember, he's basically not on his deathbed, but he knows his death is imminent. And so he's writing these things. And he wants to share and remind the the, the body of, of these truths, grace and peace. And he immediately begins here to tell his readers that the knowledge of God is theirs to obtain through Christ's power in them. You know, when, I, when I'm preparing for a sermon, and I was taught this in Bible school, and I'm so thankful my professor told me this, was that don't go to the commentary first. The word of God is enough. You understand? Now, again, there's tremendous depth in understanding the language and the time and the setting. Those things are, are important in helping us to understand. But God speaks to us through his word. And so you don't have to be a Bible scholar. <laughs> grab your Bible, grab the word of God, sit down, Read through it. Let God minister to you. Pray and say, God, speak to me through your word today. As one writer puts it, he indicates here that this this grace and peace we're talking about 
the, these two most precious of gifts, they're ours in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So again, as we go into scripture, we, we are, we are, it's being multiplied to us, this grace and peace. My prayer for you today and my prayer for you every Sunday, and I, I think for most of us here, when we walk out the doors after a service today or any Sunday, many of us came in kind of maybe in turmoil in our hearts. You know, we got it put together out here. We're good at that, right? <laughs> we walk in with smiles on our face and we're all... But inside, some of us are there where there's turmoil. And my, my, again, my hope and prayer is even in, in sitting in here today, and anytime you hear a message, that, that great peace comes into your heart. And it's coming because we are, we are growing in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And God is ministering to your soul by his spirit, even now. And this carries over even to people that are maybe not even, you know, when they're not believers. And maybe you've experienced this, maybe you've seen this, but they'll come in and they sit in this service and they don't know what it is exactly. They think either we're really friendly, they think maybe the music was nice, they think, you know, like, you know, whoever's preaching had, you know, it was a, it was a great, you know, orator of the, of, of whatever, articulate. But what it is, it's the spirit of God. They're sensing God's presence, God's spirit, and God is ministering to them and, and he's trying to bring them to himself He's trying to bring those walls of their heart and heart down, and he'll do that through, again, the knowledge of himself. Knowledge here is, in this sense, is both an intellectual grasp of who God and Jesus are and what they say and demand, but it's also a personal experience and commitment to them. You understand? There are people all over the world, there are people that can quote the Bible probably better than, than most Christians can. They'll memorize whole books of the Bible, but they're not believers because it's not real. They're, it's just words. It's words on a page. And then it shows the, the need for the heart to be engaged and allow God to, to speak and to minister. And so as we know God and we, we gain these essential foundations for salvation and living, you know, it's, 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 it's important. It, walk through that passage, if you will, with me. And, and beginning in verse three, notice his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Are we lacking anything? No is the answer. No. <laughs> no. Because he's given it to us. You know, what is, isn't that a song that you can take the world and but give me Jesus? You know, and if, 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 you had, if you lost everything but still had Jesus, would that be enough? It should be. It should be. And because he's given us everything. So through, again, granted to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called to us his own glory and excellence. So again, as we understand, as we spend time in the word, again, that's kind of the means that God reaches us by which, the how, by which he's granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. We've, we've been set free from the things of this world. But do we live that way? <laughs> and don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand that, you know, does it impact us when we're going through a difficult season? Does it impact us when a loved one is hurting? That we see the things we do? Yes, it does. But never buy into the lie that you are still bound somehow in chains to the things of this world. 
And that's even in your own personal life, in your own walk with God, and, well, that's just the way I am. That's just me. I'm a jerk. <laughs> you want to talk about jerks, check out Peter, <laughs> right? <laughs> Peter was always getting it wrong, always putting his foot in his mouth, thinking that you know, he, he was better. He kind of, that came through early on. But now here he is, and is this the same Peter? It's just like, remember the Apostle Paul. <laughs> you want to talk about a change, but somehow we think that God can't do something with us? God can't deal with that thing in us? I'm going to take your silence as shock and awe. <laughs> but it's true. We never have that excuse, that's just how I am because God is much greater, and he's not left us with that option. Let's jump into verse five, verses five through nine, and let's read, move on through uh, this first chapter a little bit more. So for this very reason, based on everything that we just said, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. With self-control, steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, okay, big if statement, when you see if, pay attention. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, you see this repeat of this phrase, right? The knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take note of that. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Now, um, so Levi and I, my little guy, you know, he's one. We hang out sometimes. And um, I don't know, sometimes it's just like, He's at that stage where he grabs a book and he'll sit in your lap and you got about two seconds. You get about two pages, right? You wanna, it's, the book's only like five pages. I've yet to finish a book with him, you know? And uh, so his attention is, goes pretty quick. And so it's funny, so I, I found this, this show on like National Geographic and it's just, you know, so we have a pretty good sized TV upstairs where we hang out and all of his stuff is. And so I just put on like, you know, some show and like there's birds and frogs and sometimes he'll come plop down, you know, kind of right next to me, and I'll be watching, you know, and I'm like totally into this thing, and next thing I look over and he's gone, you know, he's doing whatever he does, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, dude, this is like the best part, this is for you, you know, but I'm really, I'm gleaning knowledge. One of the things that I've learned, and again, you don't have to write this down, um, just free information, but uh, so I was watching this, this I forget uh, where it was, but basically there was cheetahs, and it was showing how the cheetah hunts um, impalas. And basically, it's, it's the heat that the, the, the ground, you know, is how it makes like a mirage. And because the impalas, I know you all didn't sign up for all this today, but you're getting it. The impalas, because their eyes are on the sides of their head, they, the, the, the cheetah, the best approach is to come straight very slowly. And it kind of gave you the, the picture of what it looks like. But because of that mirage, the cheetah almost like blends in and can literally almost walk straight up to the impala, right? Because the Impala is, is, is nearsighted. He can't see, like, at a distance. Now, again, the, the, the heat waves are helping, but 
You know, when we read here at the end, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. I think of that, you know, and I, I feel like it's, it's right there, right? And sometimes I, I hear things, you know, you know, too blessed to be stressed or, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a king's kid and, and all these things. And those are all true statements. But we need to remember, and the, the scripture says it here, that we forget that we were cleansed from our former sins. Meaning, again, we need to understand what those were, but also know that we've been cleansed so those things don't have authority over us anymore. And so to understand that, it's, it's so vital. And in this passage, too, you know, when it goes through uh, this, this supplementing your faith, and it sounds a lot almost similar if, if, it's, if you're like me. I'm reminded of, like, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Kind of, there were some similar terms in there, but this is not the fruit of the Spirit. But it says to supplement your faith. Again, if you've ever lifted weights or exercised or it, even in general, you know, a lot of people here probably take supplements, right? Supplements, if we're not getting enough of something in the food we're eating or whatever, for whatever reason, a lot of times we take supplements, right, to, to kind of help with that. And so it is saying here to supplement our faith. Faith is simply that, that you know, we need to, to have a deeper trust. God is calling us to this. And so this whole list starts, supplement your faith with what? With virtue. What is virtue? This, this consistent character that this way we walk ourselves out. Again, virtue is something we don't hear a lot of nowadays. Because it doesn't, it doesn't mean a lot to people. We just kind of change with whatever, whichever direction the wind is blowing. <laughs> and if we're not careful, we can get ourselves into trouble. But we add that to virtue and to virtue, knowledge. Not knowledge like I just shared with you about the cheetah. <laughs> but we want to do knowledge. You know, we're talking about increased wisdom. And it starts with Scripture. We glean from God, and God speaks to us and helps us to grow. And to knowledge, self-control. This is probably one of the greatest places we lack <laughs> these days. Because, you know, there's, there's just this, this idea of self-control. Because all, you know, we hear about just, just do what you want. <laughs> do whatever feels good. I mean, there's no, like, delayed gratification even for anything, Right? We can get anything, buy anything, do anything. It's just go for it. And so understanding, you know, this, you know, having dominion over emotions and desires and impulses, denying ourselves, you know, you see a tray of donuts. If you share my struggle, you know, and sometimes I need to walk by it. Whatever that is for you, that's kind of a funny one, but Whatever that is, just walk, walk past it. You know the problem, too? Can I just say something? You know, I use donuts as an example. But that, that in and of itself, just that illustration, and can I just be honest? Like, if you cannot walk past the donuts if you chose to, you know there's like a much deeper, greater issue going on there. <laughs> right? And so I think a lot of times, I didn't, a lot of times we let ourselves <clears throat> off the hook, don't we? <clears throat> I just like donuts. You know, when I say it, you got, everybody kind of chuckles and, you know, what is, whether it's dessert or whatever it is, you know, we're talking about food a lot, but it could be anything. And it may not seem like something, like a deep issue, 
But that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to understand that, oh, he wants us to believe that, oh, it's, it's, what's the big deal? <laughs> it's just this or it's just that. You're just looking at this. Nobody's around. It's not hurting anybody. You're just thinking this thought. How's that hurting someone? And so we let ourselves kind of just like, okay. And we live in these places, again, where we don't exercise self-control. And that's one thing, you know, like for the, the military, and, and, you know, Santiago and I were, you know, up here earlier, and that's one of the things, you know, it teaches you is discipline, that's self-control, you know, not allowing yourself certain things because, you know, that it's good to have that, and it doesn't come naturally or easy. Steadfastness, right? Endurance, perseverance, fortitude, resilience in the face of hardship. Man, if we, if we could just do well at that, right? More and more, we have to learn to lean in and, and to, to stay the course, to endure, to persevere. This is something that, that I struggle with in some places because, again, I just wanna, almost the path of least resistance, right? Well, I guess, you know, God shut the door. <laughs> Did he? Or did he just require something a little more than, you know, stumbling through something and say, oh, wow, thanks. If I can just say something very quick on, on the steadfastness, it's, that's why it's so important to know if God is in something or not. What do I mean by that? You know, when we were uh, in, uh, serving in, in Kuwait, in the Middle East, uh, as, as a pastor and um, but even here, one of the, the most encouraging things I've heard here lately from some of the some folks that are kind of newly inbound is listen to this. They believe that God has called them to this church. You mean, you know, you didn't come for our, you know, the great music or for how wonderful and welcoming we are, or for whatever that is, you know. We have great bathrooms. I mean, we can find anything. But to hear somebody say that God's called me to this church, do you know why that's awesome? It's because no matter what happens, you know that they're committed. You know that they're gonna stay the course, that they're here to roll up their sleeves and to jump in the trenches and to, to see things happen. That it doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing, if it's been a bad day, the worship team was a little off key, or so-and-so didn't say hi to them on a Sunday morning, they're still committed, they're gonna be here the next week. Why? Because they know that God has called them to this place. And let me just, let me just say this today, and again, this wasn't even in my notes, but I wanna say this to you today. I wanna challenge you to spend time in praying and asking God, God, have you called me to Long Grove Community Church? Have you called me to, to be here and to be present? Because if he has, great. <laughs> and that would lead me to the next question of, of, of are you living out your life? Are you walking things out here in a way that would be honoring to the fact that there's a calling on your life to be here? If he hasn't called you here, <laughs> we're happy to have you. But I wanted to say this too, is, 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 there, is there another place? And don't, elders, I'm probably gonna get talked to later, but you know, <laughs> I, you know why? Because I want you where God has called you. God has equipped you and he's put gifts in you and he wants you to be where he's called you to be and where he has placed you. 
And so it doesn't matter how eloquent or how awesome our follow-up system is. If you're a visitor, and if you're a visitor today, uh, we have a really awesome follow-up system and cool bags. But listen, God bless you. If, if, if you're not called here, then don't. don't. <laughs> Stop by and say hi every now and then, and we'll pray for you, and we love you. Because there's work to be done here and whatever church, whatever place, whatever body that needs you. I'm gonna stop there, okay? Just take that, chew on it, digest it. We'll talk later, okay? Perfect. Godliness, right? We need to add to steadfastness. Godliness, this loyalty to God above all else. Oh, man, time is going. Um, Loyalty to God above all else. We need to be godly. We need to walk. If you're not seeing things happening in your life, if you're not seeing God moving, you know, not that we're looking for you know, these things, you know, just that that has to happen. But again, sometimes are we walking things out? And my prayer for us as a body is, again, to walk out our lives in a way that's godly, that's honoring, that's holy, right? In the world, but not of it. To that brotherly affection, our love for one another, and finally, love. We're gonna kind of move along here a little bit. Sorry, I'm coming up with my plan of attack here. So let me just talk on just a couple things here because I, I do want to touch on these two terms, all right? There's two terms. There's, so you have all these virtues. In the, the church world, we have virtues, seven virtues. Maybe you've heard of those in the church. You know, faith, hope, love, prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. And, but through that, there seems to be two in Scripture that all others can fall under, and that's two things, all right? This is what I want you to get. If you're writing notes, this is it. Holiness and love. Holiness and love. It's kind of coming off that point I just made. Holiness. What is holiness? Uh, theologian Greg Herrick, he notes the following between holiness and love. All right? That God is holy in the sense that he is both unique, that there is no one else like him, and he is completely free from evil and infinitely good. So we know God is holy, right? And from his character flows his righteousness, where he always acts consistently with his moral character. He never breaks the standard for his holy law, for he is just. You understand that? That's why Jesus died on the cross. God didn't come through and say, hey, I'm gonna make an exception for you. Come on into the family. No, there was still a price to be paid. So don't think that, while it didn't cost you anything in one sense, it did cost somebody something, and that was Jesus as he hung there and died. Clear? Okay? So first Peter, again, it's not his first rodeo here talking about holiness uh, uh, in, in verses 14 through 16 of first Peter chapter one, it says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Again, we are called to be holy, church. We are called to be set apart. And that's what the, the original uh, Hebrew word means. It means to be cut off, to be separate. Let's talk about love. Love, love is the, the very heart, at the very heart of God and motivates him to seek the welfare of lost and rebellious sinners. And we all said amen to that, right? He sought us and he found us. And so this, the, the, these two points here is kind of how it all wraps together and I thought this was, was really good in this, this theologian, he said this. He said, holiness keeps love from turning into idolatry and codependence. Holiness keeps love from turning into idolatry, codependence. 
and codependence. And love keeps holiness from turning into an aloof, steward judgmentalism, right? Holy love, therefore, must characterize the Christian who claims to be a disciple of Christ. Listen, get this, right? I want you to get this. As we look around the world today, isn't that what we see happening, right? Love without holiness. How it turns into idolatry? Because we, we place people, we place the love of things, you know, we place whatever that is that you love, if it's above God, if, it's, if, it's, if it rules and kind of that's, that's your focus, it's how that, that can turn into idolatry and you're, you're actually, it's a codependence on that thing. And we see it happening in the world around us because they're trying to do this love thing, but they're not holy. And then on the other side, to be holy but without love, and, and we see kind of that carried out oftentimes in churches when there's this judgmentalism, right? There's not a compassion for the lost. You just need to be holy, and you're not seeing the person. You're not seeing, you know, who, who it is standing in front of you. And so basically, you know, what my phrase, what I say is there's, there's no rails to ride on, right? We need these rails of, of holiness and love. And as we wrap things up here, in, in verses 10 through 15, it says, therefore, again, therefore. So here's the statement. All that stuff comes together. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities those things we just talked about, you will never fall. There's not a whole lot of statements that are, are never or ever or th that are guaranteed, but he says here, again, if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be, richy, there will be richly provided for you an inheritance, sorry, an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And another, therefore, verse 12, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. Again, this is Peter's, I'm, I'm about to die. And this is what I want you to take from this. <clears throat> as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. That's it. Just do that. You know, sometimes walking the Christian life, it, it, it's the, the road that we're called to is hard. It's hard a lot of the time, frankly. But I think at times, too, we can also kind of make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. And I think we do that maybe knowingly or unknowingly because it's somehow, you know, if we stay busy enough and we do all these, we can kind of justify what we're not doing or what we should be doing, right? And we're not. It's just, well, you know, I've got this and this and this and I'm kind of messing up over here. And it's, it's okay to mess up, but my question today to all of you is what are you doing to fix it? <laughs> if you're driving down the highway and you come by my car and I'm driving, I've only got three tires out of four. It's getting good now. My question would be, you know, would you say something to me? <laughs> Why is my car going all over the road, you know? Well, I don't want to say anything to them, you know, because, you know, that would be, judgmental 
No, that would be helpful, okay? <laughs> and let me just say today that we need to, to, to understand that as a body of Christ, as a church, there are some times that you just need to be, it's, it's helpful to let somebody know like, hey, I noticed this. Not, not because I'm better, but how, how, can, how can I help? How can I pray for you? How can I come alongside of you? Hey, I've got a spare tire in the back. Let me, let me get that put on for you so, so you're, you go straight <laughs> down the road. Church, we need one another, and we need this accountability, and we need to be uh, willing to, to, to challenge one another, right? Towards godliness, towards holiness. And so we practice these Christian virtues. We practice holiness and love to deepen our faith and trust in God. We need to grow in our walk with the Lord, grow in grace, and finally establish these deep roots that we were talking about earlier. This is your, this is your warning, right, for all of us. Deepen your roots. You need to start now because the time is, is here, really. It's not coming, it's here, and it is so easy. And I've seen it time and time again. People just get off track and end up in some places they never were intended. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you for today, and I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to, to share your word. God, today we just ask that you would continue, Lord, to challenge us to go deeper in our walk with you. God, we ask, Lord, just that you would truly show us, Lord, the places. Show us, Lord, where we need to, to walk closer to you, where we need, we need to walk holy. Because, God, you are a holy God. And that's what you ask of us. Lord, I pray that that image of the tree will always be there in our minds. And, God, that we would truly, truly, Allow our roots to go deeper, Lord. God, I pray just wherever we are in our walk with you today, God, that we would go to your word, that we would search your word and we would let you minister to our souls and to our hearts. God, we thank you now as we turn our hearts and minds and our, 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 our time, Lord, just in these next few moments towards you, that we would remember, Lord, the work of the cross, as we've talked about today, and, and through uh, the taking of the Lord's Supper together. God, we ask, Lord, just that you would meet us in this time and in this place. So, Lord, we just take these next, just, just a few moments, Lord, to search our hearts. If there's anything within us, Lord, that is, is not of you, God, I pray that we would be quick to repent and give those things to you. God, that we would allow you, Lord, to minister to us now.